Welcome back to the Cooper Lydon Is Alone podcast in the new apartment, now featuring the most depressing podcast set in the world. What about an all-white background of a closet, a box, and a door? How about that? What if that was the set for a podcast, huh? Would that really get you going? Would that get you amped? Uh, yeah, listen, I got the fucking curtains. You've seen them in the upper other episodes. What I don't have is something to make them not wrinkled. So it was this... Or wrinkled curtains, which honestly bothers me more than just looking like I'm sitting in a solitary confinement cell. Um, yeah, podcast was off for two weeks because I moved and I'm not good at uh, doing other things and still getting a podcast out. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. Somehow recording a podcast for one hour and then releasing it, uh, really doing no editing at all, uh, barely ever making a clip, is somehow impossible work for a guy like me, uh, especially if he's in the middle of moving. But now we got everything. Uh, you've pretty much, uh, if you're watching this, you're pretty much seeing 75% of the apartment. I moved out of the old place uh, who I lived with, you know, Sam Hart or AJ O'Connell featured on the pod. Uh, Justin, don't think I ever really learned his last name. He was never around. I lived there and that was fun, um, but I needed, needed my own spot. You know, I needed my own place, and uh, everybody was telling me different things. Uh, one of the roommates, won't name who, didn't didn't want me to go. He was trying to talk me out of it. Very funny. He's like, you know, you you get really lonely in there. You know what I mean? You get pretty lonely in a fucking studio apartment, dude. You might not like it in the studio, and uh, just funny to be like, hey man, I don't know how to tell you this but I'm trying to get away from the vibe of this house. You know, it's funny when somebody's like, I don't know, man, might not be good for your mental health. You might get lonely, and you're like, listen, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but the mental health vibe in this house in general is pretty fucking awful, okay? Uh, nobody's doing anything. Nobody's feeling awesome about themselves, so I think being surrounded by some of the worst vibes in the world is uh, probably not going to... Get me to the top, you know? I'd rather be in a house that is all my vibe. I mean, it's a studio apartment, but I'd rather be in a space that if anything's fucked up, I look at me. You know what I mean? If anything's real fucked up or it doesn't look good or whatever's happening, I can be like, well, there's fucking nobody else here. You know what I mean? This is my... I cleaned today. Got scrubbing bubbles. Cleaned the fucking shower. Cleaned the fucking kitchen, sweeped the floors, did shit. You know why? Because it's me. That's what you do when you live in a studio apartment. If you live with roommates, especially like, you know, comedians, young dudes, you're all pieces of shit. You don't, you don't clean up a lot because first off, you're like, somebody else will do it. But also, nobody else cleans. And then when you do clean, you're the only one that cleans. And then other people make it look like shit again. So then you get pissed off and discouraged and you don't want to do it. You live in a studio. If this place looked like shit, anybody that walks in is just going to be like, Cooper, why does your place look like shit? And I can't be like, ah, you know, like it's just me. You know, I think people don't want to live in a studio apartment because it is, uh, it is a direct or just live alone in general. It's a direct reflection of how your brain is working. If the place is clean, means you're at least a little bit on top of your shit, you know? If it's too clean, you got OCD. You know, if it looks like shit, 
you're fucking depressed, you know? So people don't want to live in the studio because you got to look at yourself every day. Every day I walk in here, it's a reflection of me. How are things going? We got a nightstand, got a dining table, got a desk, got a fucking AC unit installed, got all my kitchen product. I look at everything, I go, all right, for now, first two weeks, we're holding it down. Things are working out. It's making sense. I like that. I moved out because the last place, the rent was so fucking cheap. I, I paid $678. I'll tell you the price. I'm not embarrassed. I'm a high roller, okay? Usually rich guys like me, we don't want to talk about you know, how much money we make, things like that. But paying $678 for a room in, a, in an apartment that had full kitchen, balcony, living room, that price is crazy. I've never seen it been beat, and that's amazing. But when you pay so little to pay in a place, you really don't give a fuck about your life. So I was like, I got to move out, start paying double my rent, not be able to order Postmates, get a little better at cooking, get more on top of my stuff, be all of my own faults, you know? And now we're out. Shit's going good. And we're early in. I don't want to get cocky. Maybe the studio apartment will be the death of my mental psyche. I don't know. But we're, we're only a couple weeks in, and, and shit, I'm taking walks. I'm taking walks. We got fucking, we got fucking shops, cafes, two bagel places within walking distance. Wine and cheese store. Couple banks. Farmer's market on Sunday. That's all walk. I didn't walk in my old neighborhood because if uh, there's nowhere to go, there's 7-Eleven, there's gas stations, there's McDonald's, and along the way was people either asking for money or trying to fight you, and that's, I love a bad neighborhood, okay, and that was a good bad neighborhood because it was just dirty, it wasn't really crazy or dangerous or anything, I mean, my, room, my ex-roommate did get shot at, but I didn't see it, and I didn't hear it, but... You know, the last place was fucking crazy. And I moved here. Good rent. Somehow I get to live in a community now in an apartment building that is surrounded by million-dollar houses. So people care about where they live now. It's, cr it's crazy to be around people with their shit together. So I go out to smoke. I seem to be the only person within 100 miles that smokes cigarettes. So I sit outside. You know, I go away from the apartment building. Out, right outside. But you get it. I'm not in the courtyard not bothering anybody. I'm sitting outside smoking. So many fucking people walk their dogs in this community. It's crazy. I don't know how these people afford their houses when they seem to spend their entire fucking day walking their dog. It's I will go out at any hour of the day. And if I smoke one cigarette, I will have 15 dogs and babies pass within five feet of me. And when the babies come by, I got to hide the cigarette. But it's a lot of like, oh, baby's coming. Let me hide the cigarette. Okay, goodness. Well, oh, shit. Another baby. Okay, baby and a puppy. Puppy and a baby. Dog walking a baby. Baby on the dog's back. They're both alone. It's a safe neighborhood. They're fine. That three-month-year-old is fine. He's allowed to be on the street by himself. It's like that show with the Japanese kids who go to the market. It's the same thing here. People walk their dogs like... I mean, it's in, it's insane, and it's not like I'm, I'm asking for privacy on a public street, but the thing is, is when you're a cigarette smoker in a nice community, people act like you shouldn't be there, okay? And I'm going to the one place that makes sense to smoke, but every time 
one of these motherfuckers passes me, they're giving me a look like I'm a good fucking rich person walking a dog. You're a piece of shit smoking a cigarette. How about you get that out of my face? I try and avoid you guys, okay? Last night I went out to smoke at 2 a.m., which seems to be nine hours after everybody in this apartment goes to sleep. It's crazy. I feel like I'm fucking sleeping over at a friend's house every fucking day I'm here. Everybody's in bed by like 7 p.m. But I go out at 2 a.m. to smoke a cigarette. And I'm like, jokingly to myself, I'm like, oh yeah, probably won't be any dogs. There's fucking two minutes in, there's a guy walking his dog at 2 a.m. And it's not like he came out of the apartment building so the dog could go pee. He came home late. He's a good guy letting it. No, is this is a full walk this guy's on in no rush either to get back. Because what he did was, and listen, I don't know if we all follow the same rules, but I think at 2 a.m., Let's, if you're near somebody you don't know, don't hang out. Does that make sense? Like, if you're out walking a dog at 2 a.m., don't let the dog stop and sniff everything if you're two feet away from a stranger smoking a cigarette. It's weird for everybody. Because I'm fucking out there smoking. This guy walks up with his dog at 2 a.m., and I'm like, all right, that's hilarious, the dog walking in this community. It's like you guys are trying to fucking win a class pizza party for most dogs walked. Like, it's insane. Whatever. I'm like, he'll just walk by. This motherfucker takes his dog. They walk by me. The dog sees nothing it wants to sniff and stops right in front of me as I'm smoking a cigarette at 2 a.m. And this guy just stands. And we're not looking at each other. We're not talking to each other. But he's standing there now two feet away from me at 2 a.m. And I wanted to just lift my head up and be like, does this not feel crazy for you? Like, does this not feel so weird right now that we both expected to be alone and your dog sniffing this thing and you're, and you're not going to be like, hey, man, keep it moving. There's other stuff to sniff. Let's, let's go somewhere else. This guy walked by like, no, I'll just, I'll just let it sniff. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what are you, are you trying to pick me up? or What is this? Get the fuck out of here, you know? I can't say that. It's a, it's a public... It's a public sidewalk, and I'm the poorest person in the whole community, so what are you going to do? But I fucking, I don't know. I don't know. Now it's, uh, now it's interesting, because, uh, you know, in the old days, um, the old days, two weeks ago when I lived in the apartment, uh, I'd worry about my roommate hearing the pod. Not that I'm saying anything he shouldn't, he's been on it, but I was, you know, I was worried Thin walls. I'm talking to myself. It's echoing. I was worrying about that. Now, now there's strangers on both sides of me. I have listeners of the pod at all times. I'm aware of that. It's a Sunday. They're probably home hearing all this. Will the pod change out of my fear of being listened to every day? Maybe. How funny would it be if I got kicked out of my apartment for doing a podcast? Very. And then maybe, you know, I could get on some sort of uh, some sort of show about people that have been silenced. You know what I mean? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I like it. It's weird now because the old community I lived in, you know, if anybody's on the street, it's just because they're walking home from the bus or they're running away from a guy they owe money to, you know. And, and now everybody who's on the street isn't going anywhere. 
like everybody on the street is out there purely for leisure. Very interesting. It's it's a much different vibe. Like the old community, somebody's walking down the street, they had a backpack, baseball hat on, and they were fucking sweaty. And they had a rough time, okay? And they're just trying to get home. Here, people are people are out there. They want to be out there. They want to be on the street. Want to walk around. I mean, this... I The amount of dogs within a two-mile radius here must be like 15,000. I think the dogs outnumber the humans because everybody's walking a dog, walking a baby, or walking themselves, you know? And I'm doing it too now. I'm doing it too. It's a good place to walk, you know? I've been going out for walks in the morning, going and getting a bagel. It's a good time, you know? But I had a bad moment the other day. Um, so I started going out for walks and uh, staring at the sun because I heard a uh, Andrew Huberman, who's a buff doctor, say that you got to get sunlight in your eyes in the morning. It sinks up your internal clocks, releases cortisol or whatever makes you happier. He did he he didn't say to stare at the sun, but I am mainlining sun if I'm being honest. A lot of guys out there saying get sunlight in your eyes. Obviously sunlight reflects off everything. If you're outside the sun shining and you're looking around, you're getting sunlight in your eyes. Fuck that. I go straight to the source. I stare at the sun for a few minutes every fucking day now. And I look up and I go, "Oh, I feel different." It's like, "Of course you feel different. You're staring at the sun, you fucking idiot." So I do that on my walk get a bagel to improve my mental health to fix who I am to be a better person but I had a bad moment the other day because I was walking got to the bagel shop as I'm entering the bagel shop there's there's a there's a there's an old Asian lady leaving and I held the door open for her and then she walked out and did not say thank you so now I went out there for my mental health and now I'm just thinking about renuking Japan, and I'm just being a, a horrible racist. I went out to have a good time to fix who I was, and within minutes was reminded that I'm a piece of shit, okay? And, you know, her race did not matter besides the fact that I was being racist. And if she was white, I would have been ageist or, uh, you know, body negative towards her, whatever it was. I would have found a way to hate this person. For things that really had nothing to do with the entire situation. She didn't say thank you. How the fuck? Isn't that why we all live here? Isn't that why everybody lives here to act like we're in a movie? Because now I live, the community I live in now, it's everybody's pretending to be in a movie. This fucking row of, I live near a row of businesses that sell nothing essential. Nothing. It's it's coffee, it's bagels, it is, uh, it is wine and cheese, it is books, beer, you know what I mean? It's, and, then, and then there's like a bank and a Rite Aid, and that's the only thing that really resembles an actual business. But there's a whole fucking half mile of only businesses that if they got torn down tomorrow, the only thing that would change in the world is just one person going, ah, oh, fuck, I like that place. It's all vibes here. I li- I don't know how people eat or survive or what they do for work because everything within two miles of the new place I live is just 
all vibes. It's like every day Sunday here. You know what I mean? I'm like, how are any of these businesses open on a fucking Wednesday? Who's able to come? The answer's me. I work at night, so I'm out there. You know, I'm out there picking around, you know? But it's, I don't know. It's really, it is really the American dream to live in a community of people who seem to be unemployed, but live in places that 95% of the earth cannot afford. And I think that's, if I'm being honest, that's where I, that's who I am. If I'm being, because I do walk around, it's all yuppies, you know what I mean? It's, it's a y- real yuppie vibe. And I was walking around today in, uh, you know, a Dickies, a Calvin Klein button-up, a Colm de Garçon cardigan, uh, and I had my little man purse on me. And I was judging people. And then I looked at myself, and I'm like, I am the people I'm judging. There's nobody, there's nobody who lives an actual hardworking life that would walk through this row of people, see me, and be like, that guy's not like that. I'm, I am. It's, it's amazing and sad to move into a place where you realize it's truly where you belong. And this is it. It's a place full of people who are pursuing jobs that are absolutely useless and are spending so much of somebody else's money uh, to really just sit outside and have outdoor dining. That's, that's a lot of what it... We're all chasing the dream of this weird sort of faux Parisian life. You know what I mean? Just sitting outside at a little table with a notebook and being like, ah, look at me, I'm an artist, but it's a fucking Noah's bagels and everything in your notebook is jokes that nobody laughs at. You know, like that's the real brass tacks of it is you're a loser, but the vibes are fucking great. You know, it's diametrically opposed to the last neighborhood. The last neighborhood, people were working jobs just to survive. This neighborhood, there are 25-year-olds on strike uh, from a job they've never actually had, okay? I don't know if you know there is a writer strike um, happening in uh, in Los Angeles, and I guess o- all over the country right now. The, the, the Writers Guild Association or whatever it is is, uh, is striking because the uh, companies like Netflix and Hulu and, you know, all these production companies, uh, they're not paying them the money they should be getting paid. They started doing streaming services, streaming services, online pay, there wasn't a lot of money, so they'd pay them less, and nobody really had an issue. But now, TV's dead. Everything's online. They're paying them the same amount. So writers are looking at this and going, hey, you guys are making fucking billions now, and we're still getting shit. So can we get 3%? And then the studios said no. They also said, okay, so we need we would like 3%. The studios said no. They said, mm-hmm. Also, can you not have robots write scripts? And then the studio once again said no. So justifiably, there are a lot of people striking, trying to uh, trying to work something out to where writers can get paid a living wage, not have this kind of gig economy, and not be replaced by robots. And and once again, the studios are like, eh, eh, you know. And I'd say based on what I can see in the strike is there are... Uh, there are like there are like twenty people who uh, who really need this strike to work. They are seasoned career writers who are really good at their job and are not uh, getting you know. I I heard a story the other day as a woman wrote five seasons all by herself of one of the most famous kid shows of all time, uh, and she's not getting residuals from it. People like her, you know, she she doesn't even have the qualifications 
to do anything besides a high-level writing position. That's a weird spot to be in. It's like she can't fucking manage a Wendy's, but she can run a writer's room. So when they fuck up the writer's room, of course she's got to go on strike. She's got nowhere else to go. So there's people like her who are seasoned career writers who need fair treatment. There's about five of her, and then there's about 50,000 people that look like me that have never had a writer's job or did for about a month because their dad knew a guy, and they're also out there, and they're the most annoying fucking people in the world, and I support the strike. I do not support the individual personalities of 95% of the people striking, and that sucks for the strike. Because it's it sucks to have a strike that is so justified and so right and should be happening and needs to happen while also being carried out by the most nauseating, uncreative fucking losers in the world. Once again, besides the five people, these career writers, everybody else, most annoying fucking people in the world, and they're, they're making a fucking mockery of the whole thing. You know, because like when a fucking when the fucking plumbers union goes on strike, you know, those are real working men out there. Those are people like that, you know. But now the people on strike, I mean, they fucking look like camp counselors out there. You know what I mean? And they're having too much fun. They want you to honk too much. Well, I live off a street that if you drive up it, it has like five studios. So there's so many strikes that I have to pass. And every time I pass, they're all like, honk! 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 And I want to be like, it seems like a lot of you came out here for the honks. And maybe the, the honks are part of I get it. There's a lot of people that's like, listen, you're having too much fun. It seems like you live alone and you need attention, and that's a big reason why you're out here. A lot of writers out there with signs that they're trying way too hard to be funny with. You know what I mean? It's like there's it's too much fun. Because you have a lot of people who, even when they're employed, are practically unemployed, and they really don't do anything with their lives. So they're the worst people to be, like, the faces of a labor movement, you know? Um, I saw something online. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Misconnections. There's like a thing on, you know, Craigslist where it'd be like, hey, I'm a blonde 30-year-old woman. I was in Starbucks, and I saw... You, you had brown hair and a blue shirt, and, and you smiled at me, but then you walked out the door, and I'm trying to find you. People trying to use the internet to find uh, what they think is going to be the love of their life, when really it's just a guy who's like addicted to ketamine, and he will cheat on you. Um, and he had a girlfriend the whole time when he smiled at you at that, at that Starbucks. But it's, it's a, you know what I mean? It's people go, I met you, but I didn't catch your name. I'm trying to find you. Internet, can you help me out? Can you share this story? Maybe we can find him. Usually that's fine. What pissed me off? The other days, I saw somebody on Twitter doing that for their friend who met a guy at a strike. They're like, we, like, my friend saw you at the strike, and you guys talked, but then you never exchanged numbers. Can everybody on the internet try and get these two to to try and meet each other, and we can have, like, a cute, like, strike romance? And it's like, hey, guys, um... You know, you're out there to try and get a living wage for artists and to try and have artists not be replaced by robots. You know what you're not trying to do is be on the fucking Bachelor, okay? You just think about your whole job 
Think about optics, okay? Think about how this looks for what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a good look if everybody outside of Stonewall was also like, hey, what are you doing after this? Want to grab a drink? You know what I mean? Focus on the brick throwing, okay? Let's keep our heads in the fucking game. This strike's supposed to go till February. Don't just immediately resort to using it to fuck people, okay? It's such a bad look. It's insane. And it makes it look so juvenile and just stupid. And it's, I don't know. I mean, once again, I support the strike, but it is so funny to just have a strike full of just the most annoying fucking people in the world. But I hope they get what they want, you know? I hope they get what they want because if they do, then a really bunch of talented people keep, you know, getting to make a living off of making things that people like. So that's good. But boy, are there some shit eaters in the bunch, I'll tell you that much. I mean, but that's the same with everybody. I don't fucking know, you know? That's, it's, it's, uh... That's the fucking deal, you know what I mean? That's how it goes, you know? Um... And now the fucking, uh, the, the, the SAG, SAG Guild, the Actors Guild is going to start writing. So uh, they're going to start striking soon. I think they just authorized it. So, man, I mean, if this strike is annoying now, just with writers, it's imagine how fucking nauseating this is going to get when the actors show up. Uh, I don't know if anybody listening to this has ever been in an audition commercial audition i have described that before on the podcast you walk into a room of just 15 of the most desperate blank annoying faced people in the world and uh they all want to be uh best friends because they want to network and i mean these fucking picket lines are about to be overrun with people just showing up with resumes i mean this whole this whole strike's gonna fucking go to shit once the fucking actors show up and they're like, hi, this is my reel. I put it on my strike sign. You know, like it's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's tough, man. Cause strikes are supposed to be annoying, but in like a cool way, you know, it's supposed to be annoying where it's like, we all walked out of the factory and now the big boss man's fucked. But right now it's just like a bunch of 27 year olds who the big boss man uh, told was untalented. And now they're outside with, picket lines being like we're not gonna write anything and they're like we don't give a fuck you know i don't know but uh i mean hats off to them you know i wish them i wish them all the best because once again if if these annoying horny 25 year olds stick it out long enough they are going to be able to save the careers of some really talented 50 year olds who, who really don't have anywhere else to go and I want those people to still have jobs because they're good at their job. They've proven themselves, you know. And we, you know, got to pave the way for other fucking young people. You know what I mean? Um, this podcast is currently uh, striking as well. This is all improvised, okay? This is all improvised. My writing team uh, made up of, you know, Conan O'Brien, Jim Norton, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon. I actually get writers from the hosts of late night TV shows. I have them write this podcast uh just as a fun you know they like it it's like a vacation um yeah i hope they get what they want um i don't know i guess we can get to the real brass tacks the real breaking news uh livy has rizzed up a baby grunk no i don't care there's a it's a 10 year old being exploited 
online, uh, which is not even, you know, news anymore. I don't know. I didn't want to talk about this, actually, but I'll, I'll say this. Uh, this, is, this is, once again, a non-news story. This is a news story that is not a real thing. It's not an actual thing that's happening. It is not worth it even being discussed. But this podcast is about nothing, so this is the one place it should be discussed. There's a, If you haven't heard, if you somehow haven't heard, uh, there is a 10-year-old that has been nicknamed Baby Gronk. He plays football. Uh, his dad is trying to uh, get him publicity to help him get recruited to a D1 college program. And the last couple of weeks, he's been doing a pretty good job of it. This kid is taking tours of LSU, Kentucky, fucking Syracuse. I don't know. He's This kid's going all over. And this dad is exploiting his image to make money that he says is for him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, And he's exploiting his image, and people are uh, pretty quickly not amped on the idea. Uh, But what I I think is really funny is just this this thing that his dad is doing the same thing that every random person who goes viral is doing where they think this is going to last. He keeps saying right now, he refers to his son as Baby Gronk, by the way, which is insane. But he's like, yeah, right now, Baby Gronk makes about $100,000 a year off of sponsorships and appearances. Once again, he's 10. Uh, And uh, hopefully, you know, he can have at least a million dollars by the time he is 18. So he can have a good chunk of money to start his life. That's a great idea, but also uh, stupid because that's not how the internet works. This guy thinks that this 10-year-old viral sensation uh, is really going to have any staying power for longer than two more weeks at best. And they'll keep the followers, but every company's going to catch on that this kid's not marketable because there's there's nothing to grab onto. It's just they create some fake stories about how he's fucking a gymnast at LSU, which is very gross. There's a weird pedophilic thing with this famous gymnast influencer Livy and and they're like oh yeah she she rizzed up she flirted with baby Gronk and now they're dating what's this is a 10 year old hanging out with a 20 year old and nobody's talking about how weird it is I want to come out with I want to have the LSU male football player rizz up an 11 year old gymnast and we'll put that on Instagram and that'll also be cute right no it's fucking it's insane this guy's it's like pedophilic but this guy thinks it's gonna last this guy thinks for the next seven years this stupid bit, this dumb viral meme that is his son's life now, is going to last for eight more years. That everybody on the fast-moving train of shit, the conveyor belt of shit that is Twitter, is going to hold on to baby Gronk. Listen, you fucking idiot. People have already stopped talking about Trump getting indicted for like the sixth time. One of our ex-presidents asked Kid Rock how to deal with North Korea and showed him classified maps. And that lasted for about two days in the news cycle. What the fuck do you think people are going to keep caring about a 10-year-old for, okay? Our, Our president committed the funniest kind of treason known to man. And we already don't care. Do you really think your son 
is going to be able to sell Gatorade for more than three more days. It's it's stupid. It's the same as like this fucking uh that Mason Ramsey kid, the kid that yodeled in the Walmart. He's fucking releasing an album now. And he's released multiple albums. And it's like, you have to be the dumbest person in the world to be a fan of somebody who went viral. Okay, he's like, what? What fucking idiot is like, oh, damn. The kid that yodeled in Walmart, he's 15 now. He released an album. I can't wait to go see him live. He fucking posted a thing where he's like, I'm back. And it's like, Fucking dumbass. Nobody was waiting. We moved on. There was an entire presidency of funny things that has happened since you yodeled in the Walmart, you dumbass. These people that think they're going to stay in the news cycle as some sort of interesting thing are out of their mind. Nobody wants to watch a 10-year-old play football. Okay? You have to, you have to be lobotomized to be a lifelong fan of Baby Gronk. His real name is Madden San Miguel, by the way, which is, is no shade on the kid. It's really making fun of the dad. But what a, what a, what the, like the name with the least catchy, there's nothing to hold on to in that name. It's Madden San, it doesn't, there's no ring to, I don't know. Maybe that's why I gave him a fucking nickname. But, uh, I don't know. This dad is already desperate to try and get his kid more publicity. And he just doesn't realize that this is the highest the kid's going to go. Because the kid's not a fucking content creator. You know, it's like the kid doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Like with, like with this podcast, I hope that people will stick by it. Because first off, it's, it's never going to be very famous. But if it is, it'll be a little thing that people hold on to week by week, and they go, oh, I'll, I'll listen to it. You know, that's how people deal with podcasts. You go, oh, every week I take a thing, they got a new thing to talk about, and I'll listen to it in my car. Baby Gronk, you have to be so stupid to tune in every week to be like, hey, same thing again, a 10-year-old playing football. This isn't weird for me as a grown person to keep up with and care about and really give a shit and actually give money to. That's insane. So... I don't know. I, I hope this dad is uh, enjoying the peak of him and his son's life. Uh, I really hope his, his... I wish his son well with his future addiction to prescription opiates. Uh, he's going to get through it. It'll be tough, though. Um, and, you know, I, I hope... Uh, I hope his future son really enjoys his job as a personal trainer trying to fuck guys' wives at an equinox. That'll be a good life for him. He's going to settle in, and it'll be okay. But he's he's definitely not fucking going to the NFL, you know. Calling it right now. I don't know. It does suck. I feel bad for the kid, though, because you have a shitty dad, and then you have guys like me and actually famous versions of this piece of shit podcast talking shit on a 10-year-old, you know what I mean? It's like, this. I would never want to put, I would never want my kid to be viral because there's no amount of viral without somebody calling them, you know, Satan incarnate and should die. You know what I mean? It's not a good idea to have your kid out there. You know what I mean? I don't, like when you're online and you see a 10-year-old's face, you're like, who allowed this? You know what I mean? 
just even in the even in the innocence of just this kid playing football, I'm just like, why do I know? Why do I know what a ten year old's doing right now? I don't want to. I'm not supposed to. I'd rather not. I don't know. Uh, I hate talking. What a waste of time, you know. Um, but the real, you know, I mean, the real big news story is uh, fucking Denny's. Uh, fuck Denny's. Fuck Denny's. Fuck Denny's. Fuck Denny's. Fuck Denny's. Denny's. I fucking stuck. I stood by you, like we all did. Okay. Stood by you the same way I stand by McDonald's and Wendy's and and other shitty restaurants that that are able to do one thing that it's shitty, but it's consistent shit. You know what I mean? I stood by you, Denny's. As a shitty chain diner, I, I said, no, I love Denny's because it's bad food, but it always tastes the same. And when you go in there, at least you know what you're getting. And I went to a Denny's recently, and and they fucked up Denny's. You know what I mean? Because Denny's isn't like a real restaurant. It's not like they get ingredients shipped in. They get packages and packages of each meal, and they essentially just heat them up or fry them for a sec. They're not really cooking back there. So that's why you go to the Denny's, because it's like, how are you going to fuck this up? It's always the same thing. Well, they found a way to fuck it up. We had a bad, we had a bad start. Me and my girlfriend went out. And uh, we were going to go to a breakfast place we liked. It was packed. And I was like, fuck it. Let's just go to Denny's. Let's go to the place that's shitty, but it's always the same. Let's just go, and we'll, just, we'll go to Denny's. And so we go. Started off bad. My girlfriend goes to the bathroom. I order us two coffees, two waters. We get two coffees. Never got the waters. My girlfriend, they got the little cups of cream. But my girlfriend, you know, she wanted some actual half and half. So she was like, hey... Do you guys have any half and half? And the server says, yeah, and then comes and brings out more of the tiny cups. So now we have two bowls of cups. This is already a red flag that our communication with the server is off. And she goes, oh, sorry. Do you have, like, like actual cream for the coffee? And they go, this is the only cream we have. And she goes, okay. Um, well, do, you have, do you have milk in the back? She goes, yeah. She goes, okay, do you have uh, you have heavy cream in the back, like heavy whipping cream in the back? She goes, yeah. She goes, okay, could I get those? Which uh, is half and half. Our server did not know that, but that is what half and half is. And she goes, yeah, I can get you that. She goes to the back. Uh, she comes out with uh, milk and then a small ramekin of spray whipped cream. So once again, not heavy whipping cream, not the shit that you make whipped cream with. Just they took a fucking bottle, sprayed it into a ramekin, and said, there you go. So now on our table, we have two ramekins of tiny cups of cream. We have a, a sort of a small teapot of milk, and we have whipping cream. And what we don't have is anything that she was really asking for. And I know some of you are thinking, why doesn't she just use the small fucking cups? Uh, because all you got to do is ask for a little thing of, hey, do you have any real cream in a real restaurant? And be like, yeah, I got you. I don't like the small cups either. And boom, and it's over. This is why it's important for a server to know what food is actually made of. This is a half and half is a, is a drink 
that has two ingredients, and our server did not know what they were. So things are going, things are going terrible so far. Uh, and then we order, go back, don't see her for a while. We're trying to get more coffee. At one point, make eye contact with the server. She just walks away. She's very elusive. We had one of those servers where you don't see her a lot. When she does come by, you ask her. She leaves before you're done with the sentence, and you know you're not getting what you just asked for. So we've already decided that the front of the house is compromised. Our, our liaison to the back of the house is compromised. We've decided that. Then the food comes out. I got a, a chicken fried steak with eggs and, uh, and hash browns. And I know the Wendy's chicken fried steak. It's a shitty burger patty. It's, fun. it's terrible, but it's what I expected. Somehow they made the gravy worse. I don't know. It just seems like hot ranch now. The chicken fried steak is shitty, but it's kind of what I expect. The eggs, you know how sometimes eggs are like really watery? This was almost like they, they made over easy eggs and then took a cup of water and just poured it on top just to get more of that liquid. It was the most liquid I've ever seen on eggs. And then the hash browns were just uh, cold shaved potatoes that had not been browned. Like it was a kind of, like it was, so, the hash browns were so bad I don't know how they flipped them without it falling apart. Because I tried to eat them and then it just fell apart. Um... My girlfriend got her food. It was wrong. Uh, it was incorrect. It wasn't what she asked for. Um, my hash browns are terrible. Uh, so now we're realizing the back of the house is also bad. Front of the house is fucking dumb as shit. Back of the house is somehow fucking up Denny's. And now we're realizing our table's not a table. It's really an island, and we're lost, and nobody's there to help us. And we're not being rude to anybody. That being said, I did... Uh, push some of my eggs and hash browns directly onto the table simply to make a mess. And my girlfriend said, oh, well, the busboy has to clean that up, too. And I said, well, fuck him, too, okay? Because this whole place is fucked. I'm acting out a little bit. Uh, my girlfriend tells her the order's wrong. She goes, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go fix it. Sorry about that. Uh, my girlfriend also ordered pancakes. Before my girlfriend's reorder comes out, the server brings out the pancakes. And what I'm about to tell you was the final straw. The server puts down the pancakes, okay? If you got it on video, I don't know if this is really going to help, but if you got it on video, take a look at me. Puts the pancakes on the table, hand on the plate, plate touches the table, lets go of the plate, pancakes are now on the table, she can just go, there you go, and walk away. Right after she puts it on the table, she takes two fingers and goes, boop, touches the pancakes. Like, she's putting it to bed. You know what I mean? Like, she... Like, it, like you would use it to stop something from rolling off a table. Like, she put the pancakes down and then just touched them for no reason. Just... Put, all she had to do was put the plate down, take her hand away. Put the plate down, took her hand, and went, boop. And it was really quick, you know? So it's like, imagine, like, plate down, tap, and then walk. And then my girlfriend goes, she just touched my food. I was like, What? Like, you ever have somebody tell you something so simple, but in the context of everything, it's just so fucking, like, why? And she goes, she just touched my food. I go, what do you mean she touched your food? She goes, she put down the plate, and then she tapped the pancake. 
And now it's get you know, now the service has gotten to a point where it's like you've actually you've actually done so little work in the basic areas and so much extra work in being bad that uh that we just have to go. Also, her her pancakes had obviously had something else set on top of them because they had a streak of chocolate as if chocolate was on like the bottom of a plate and then that plate touched the top of her pancake because she had like a straight like stamp of loose chocolate syrup on her non-chocolate syrup pancakes. So the server comes, uh, so she leaves and I, and I look at my girlfriend and I go, do you want to just get up and leave? Because we've taken a couple bites and we have gotten full plates, but uh, we're not at a point where we're going to sit and, and pay. And I never do this. I'm a real just shut up and eat it guy. But you got to realize, when Denny's fails you, you, you have to go. Because Denny's is already bad, but to be bad at Denny's, I think is a public safety concern. It, I think it's a biohazard. It's, it, I think it's illegal to be that bad at being a fucking Denny's. So I go, do you want to just get up and just go? And she's like, yeah. And so we get up. And this is the best part of any terrible meal. Anybody that's ever walked out of a meal, you've had this part, is the terrible server comes back from the terrible kitchen and goes, what's going on? My girlfriend kind of tried to explain. She goes, you know... Uh, the food's just, it's not good, and there's chocolate on my pancake. And instead of the server being like, oh, yeah, why is there fucking chocolate on your pancake? I'm so sorry. She goes, yeah, it's just chocolate. Which, what a fun perspective to be like, to just have an ingredient you didn't ask for that probably got on the pancake in a gross, contaminated way. And just go, yeah, that's that was also back there, and now that's on there, too. Chocolate's fine. You didn't order it. It's not part of the pancake. It's... It's gross. It probably got touched by another person's food. That's gross. But that's great. Isn't that fine? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff back there. There's salt on the pancake, too. We, we dropped a bunch of shit on it. That was her response. My girlfriend was like, yeah, no, but it's not a chocolate pancake. She's like, it's, it's a chocolate. And we just go, we're going to leave. And now she's standing there with a new order with excellent-looking hash browns, by the way. They showed they could fucking do it. But we go, listen, we're just going to go. And, and, uh, and we shunned her, essentially. We kind of gave her the hand. And we just walked away from her as she's standing there like a mom who never really tried her best watching her 17-year-old daughter run away for the last time, you know? Because uh, it was funny because she, they, that's what always happens with terrible service when you finally fucking go, listen, we just got to get the fuck out of here. This isn't going to work. I can't, the server's fucking stupid. The chefs are stupid. I can't, even if the server could communicate, they're going to tell what I told them to a stupid chef. So none of this is going to work. That's why I left. It wasn't because like, oh, this sucked. It was just like, there's nothing here working. It's so funny because they always come out and they go, what's going on? What's happening? And we're nice people. We're not going to yell at a server. But that means that we cannot sit there and explain why it's bad. Because if we really told her what went wrong, like, if we really answered her question, we'd have to sit her down and be like, listen, bitch, you don't know what half and half is, okay? You don't know what the half 
of it is, okay? We're not just talking about milk. We're talking about life now. Is For us to explain to you why this meal is bad is also for us to explain to you that you don't, you don't know what coffee cream is made of. You don't know that you're not supposed to touch people's food. You don't know that random sauces are not supposed to end up on pancakes you ordered. For us to explain to you why this meal was so terrible is for us to explain to you your entire job, okay? And, and listen, I know there's something you're good at, okay? But it's not this, and that's a bad sign because this is pretty fucking easy. So if you're not good at this, I, I don't know what you are going to do in this life. But, but ma'am, you are not good enough for Denny's. And this Denny's is not even good enough for Denny's, so it's not just you. It's like a kid from a broken home. It's like, I know it's not all your fault, but boy are you a, uh, at least a product of this terrible system. And then we left, and then we went to a, another diner, like an L.A. chain diner. There's only two of them, so it's essentially kind of a standalone restaurant. And we went to that and just had a normal dining experience, and it was amazing. I really recommend going to a much worse version of a restaurant before you go to the restaurant that you want to go to. It really makes you appreciate everything. We had a server... Guess what? We told her we wanted water. She brought waters. We told her we wanted coffee. She brought coffee. We told her we wanted half and half. She brought half and half. I bet if we asked her, hey, what's in half and half? She would know. And that was, that was exactly what we needed. You know, it was like a coming to God moment to just sit in the diner. And we barely ate anything. You know, I got the same order just at a different diner. I got another chicken fried steak and it was fine. You know, none of it was great, but you know what it was? It was what we fucking ordered and it wasn't served by the dumbest fucking person in the world. And listen, I'm not a guy that fucking gets off on being rude to servers. We weren't even rude to the Denny's server, which a person that kind of deserves to be arrested. We weren't even rude to them, okay? But also, even now, I don't get off on making fun of these people, okay? I get off on trans porn, okay? I don't need to fucking make fun of these people to get my dick hard. But it is special in life to have such a bad meal with the woman you love that you get back in the car and you just go, what? What happened? That's all we could talk about. You know what I mean? And that's a special... Really, I felt lucky for it. I felt really lucky to have had such a terrible dining experience because, you know, my girlfriend is so funny and she likes my jokes. So, you know, when we got out of the Denny's, what they did not give us was a single thing we wanted. But what they did give us was some good conversation. You know, some good, some good times in the car to say, wow, people are really fucking clueless when it comes to maybe the easiest job that anyone 
has ever had in the world. And uh, I really hope I didn't already talk about this on the podcast. It's been a couple weeks. I think this happened in between. If I already did talk about this, it's because it fucking matters, okay? That's why I got the Obama hand right now pointed at the camera. It's You know why? It's because it's important that you know that this is occurring in the L.A. area, okay? I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's tough. But, yeah, I'm very happy to, uh, to be in this new place. Um, comedy's been, been fun. Uh, I've gotten to do some fun shows. I recently had one of the worst sets of my life. I drove down to a casino in Palm Springs to uh, feature for, uh, for, for a headliner. Got to do 20 minutes in like the, it's always called some dumb shit at a casino. It's like the high roller club. And it's just a, it's like a little bar showroom off the casino floor where I guess people who have lost too much money and need to cool off come in to watch stand up. And I was uh, supposed to do 20 minutes doing comedy for six years. I got more than 20 minutes. I get too picky about my material, but if I really needed to, I could probably string together 45 or whatever. But anyway, I I, uh, string together what I think is 20. And in the back of my head, I go, you know, I really hope this isn't like uh, an old kind of conservative audience and I bomb so hard that I run through all my planned material so quickly that I run out of time. And uh, let me tell you, that's exactly what happened. First, the first, I don't know, five to ten minutes were great. They were fine. What am I saying? They were fine. But the the first few jokes I have, they're easy. They're about Instagram. They're about McDonald's. They're, you know, this, that. They're agreeable, whatever. Then I get into my relationship, how there's an age gap. Some of it's the punchlines are contextual. Sometimes people just get sad at them. Talked about being gay for a little bit. You wouldn't believe it. They hate it. That's the best part of the set is I'd already been bombing for like just drowning, by the way. Like just it's a not full room of just old fucking white people who have a weird amount of judgment um, while also giving you a chance. You know what I mean? It's very like, let's see it. You know, like that's. You know, and after just a, a lot of bombing, I remember that the thing I usually close on is talking about Grinder, the gay dating app. And it's so funny to look out at a crowd of people that you have lost completely, that no longer have any faith in you or your stand-up, to look out at a crowd of them and go, fuck, they don't, this isn't, I, the worst part hasn't even happened yet, you know? Um... And if they, if I, if I had had these people trusting me more, that material would have gone over. You know, I've seen it go over with those same types of people, and it and it worked. But when you lose everybody's faith in you, and then you talk about gay sex in a graphic manner, you wouldn't believe it, but they're not really there with you anymore. And yeah, I just, uh, I just drowned up there. And I ran through my material, and I had other jokes I could have done, but it was going so bad, I forgot all of them. And I was supposed to do 20 to 25. I told him, light me at 20, and I kept looking at this motherfucker, this great guy, 
booking shows down there. I kept looking at him like, when the fuck? How fucking long is this? But I see him walk down the stairs. Before he even lights me, he's like, all right. I, go, I just go, all right, I'll leave you with this. And I tell a joke that I haven't told in four years. And it did fine. And I didn't even know how to end the set. I, I didn't even say, like, that's all for me. I just said, okay, give it up. Like, it, just imagine in, like, the middle. Because they don't know this, that my set's supposed to end. They know I've been up there for way too long. But they don't know that I'm supposed to get off right now. In the middle of this, I just go, okay, all right, give it up. And they don't clap because they're like, what do you mean? Is it for you right now in the middle of this? I'm like, okay. And then I said, that's it. And they were like, oh, okay. And then I go, Dakota, you know, I just mentioned the, the host name. But don't even say to do anything for him. Shake his hand. I go, I'm so sorry. And he's seen me before. He likes me. He understands comics have bad sets. It's a casino. Casinos are famously... Sometimes, sometimes tough crowds, especially for a new faggot-ass comic like me. You know, it's tough. Uh, I suck dick, don't I? Um, you know, he knows that. I walk past the headliner. He just says, casinos, baby. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's an honest uh, but harrowing thing to hear. And then I walk outside to smoke, and there's nothing that makes you feel more like a comedian and walking through a busy casino floor full of ding, 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 ding. Just old people just just pressing away their life savings, $2 at a time. Just walking through that after you just embarrassed yourself to a group of the same people in another room. And you hear that and you just go, what? What makes me think that I should do this? And, you know, I don't like feeling that way. But I've also realized, if you do stand-up, and you've never felt that way, you're either delusional or too much of a pussy to even risk feeling that way. Because, you know, I had one of those things where I call my girlfriend, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, get drunk and crash my car and hopefully die on the way back home to L.A., um, and she's like, well, don't do that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't change anything, right? And she's like, it would. You're still a, you still matter to people. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. But I was driving home and it was such a bad set. I drove back to LA from Palm Springs. It's like a two and a half hour drive at night. I drove back, did not listen to a single song or a single minute of a podcast, just talked to myself internally for two and a half hours and just worked through it and we got some good insights and you know comedy's funny because I asked myself I was like would you still have done that if you knew you were gonna have that bad of a set and the answer is yeah you know and the answer is yeah it's the same as this podcast would I still record every week if I know that some guy named Glenn in Michigan is going to call me a fucking loser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, born to lose, hope to win, I guess, is is the mantra. But, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, I was hoping for, for more fun people in Palm Springs. I like Palm Springs. It's got a good vibe, you know? It's got a good, they got a good thing going over there. I like Palm Springs because of the dichotomy between, like, old white conservatives 
and the gayest people in the world. Because if you don't know, Palm Springs has a a, li- a large, thriving gay community. Young gays go there to vacation. Old gays go there to die in the sun. But it's very funny because you have like you have like some old bar, you know, called like the Desert Crow, where like guys in Tommy Bahama shirts drink and talk about how all kids are trans now and get angry about it. And then across the street, you have a place called like the pump house, you know, and it says like, leave your innocence at the door. And there's a lot of pride flags around. So it's a great dichotomy they have going on there. They got a nice art deco architecture thing. It's great. But I didn't get the cool people. I got all the Tommy Bahamas, you know, which I understand. It's a fucking casino. Nobody who really does. I mean, it's so fun. Casinos are truly only for pieces of shit. And I know that's such an obvious point, but it is doing comedy is weird because you have to walk into places full of pieces of shit and then there's a guy like, yeah, I'm going to give you $100 to try and relate to these people. And you're like, fuck, do they want to relate to me? And they're like, yeah, not really. Like they do kind of in the sense that they're sitting in the seat and they're going to listen to you and they, they do want to like you. But they don't know that they want to like you. They know that they want it to be a good show. They don't really know that liking you is going to matter that much, you know? Um, anyway, let me know how the sound quality is. It's very echoey in this room. I know the mic's been shaking. Let me know if that's fucking annoying. If there's any, if there's anything uh, physically that I can do to make this better, uh, let me know. Uh, but hey, let me know if you like the sound quality. Let me know if the old RE20 with the high-pass filter on it is doing the job. I try and keep it analog. I don't do a lot of plugins. What you're hearing right now is just mic to audio interfaced and uploading it. I try and keep it simple, which I think is stupid, but I don't like fucking throwing this through a bunch of online programs and making it sound all fucking weird and robot voice, but if it sounds very bad and you fucking hate listening to this and maybe you like what I say, but it's hard to listen to in the car, let me know. I'd really be curious to know. Um, or if you want to fucking call me a piece of shit, it just comment, just engage with, a, if you have questions, ask them in the comments, DM me, I'll answer them on the pod. Anything you want, man. I'm trying to get people to fucking give a shit about this. It's a small following right now. I'm, I'm, I listen to you guys. I can, I hear anything anybody says to me. So if there's any, if there's any questions you have for me, anything you want discussed on the pod, I'm, I'm very open to it. I've tried to do this more specifically and ask questions and nobody gives a fuck. So now it's just, if you made it to the end and this interests you and something I've said, you know, whatever you want relationship advice, it doesn't matter. Just comment it. And even if it's, even if you don't want me to respond I have so little going on in my life that I'll probably read your comment, get angry about it, and still respond. So just fucking, you know, keep in touch. Like it. Subscribe it. Review it on iTunes. All that shit. Uh, Anyway, it's very good to be back. I love doing this podcast. I love you. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.